So as I mentioned in the previous episode, this is all about Kyle talking basketball. He's a huge NBA fan. But I do want to point out, not only is today, if you're listening to this when the audio drops on Monday, the final order cutoff day for Pine and Merrimack, but also in my infinite wisdom, I didn't realize that there is some Where Monsters Lie conversation in this chat right at the beginning. So you guys can enjoy that, and then we'll get into some NBA talk. Damn it, Nick. I love being on here with you guys, Nick and Joe. I really appreciate it. Literally too long didn't read. TLDR, you guys are awesome. Once we start talking basketball, everyone's just going to turn it off anyway. So. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we haven't really gotten to the back. I'm not even going to cut know, that part I know, out. I know how it goes. I know how it I'm goes. I'm not even yeah. going to cut that part out. Um, yeah, normally I would. But um, so, you <laughs> know, know, so Fran, please yeah. um, stick with stick with Kyle for more stuff because we absolutely love this. And, and as much as Joe and I can't wait to get more of Pine and Merrimack because we only have the first issue so far. Um, obviously, everybody else has to wait on it a little longer. We also, I mean, I want more of Peacemaker Tries Hard, whatever title it is, you writing Peacemaker, yeah. and I would like you with you too as well for that. But then also, I need more fucking Where Monsters Lie. Like this is, so Peter Kowalski, Vladimir Popov, and then uh, Joshua Reed on letters. And so again, about the dibs process, like, so I, when we get the review copies, I, they get sent to me. And then I handle uploading them. Fucking I normally snake. I snake. didn't. I normally like give it a second to breathe. Let, I mean, we see stuff online, whatever. But I yeah. hadn't seen anything about this but, uh, for some reason. I just hit not on my radar. And then yeah. I see, I see your name. And then I see the credits page, and I'm like, I'm in dibs. I just needed the fucking credits page, and that was it. I don't know, like, I, I where did you come up with that idea? Because honestly, that was enough for me to like, no, I need to invest in this book, and obviously, I was rewarded for it. Sure. Um, I mean, I, you know, ideas that come from ethereal places, but I, for sure, I, I love horror movies. I love tropes. I love slasher movies. I think I like slasher movies in many ways because they're they're very similar to superhero comics. Someone has an outfit. Someone has a shtick. You know what I mean? And someone's dressed up, and they, it's good versus evil always. Um, I love a slasher movie, and I love tropes, and I love playing with tropes. Um, and that was very much <laughs> that's a good one. That's very much, <laughs> very much. Not, yeah, Violet's not a fan, apparently. Yeah, but uh, but it's something that something that interests me more than again, it's what these characters are doing. You know what I mean? So. I, as I'm watching a million horror movies, I think there was, I think there was a, if I, I could go like, oh, this moment was the moment I thought of it. I think there was those Fear Street movies on Netflix. Oh, and at yeah. one point, at one point, it seemed like it was implied like there's a city full of these slasher victims or every so many years, a new slasher. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. But I was like, oh, what if, what if they all live together? Like, would they like each other? You know what I mean? <laughs> and then I'm like, well, hon, if they live together, like how would they get groceries? And I just like go down this this interesting hole for me. And the same was true of, of I hate this place. Is that I love horror movies. Like what how what if I could build a place where I could tell any horror movie? Where I could tell any horror story, any genre. I could put demons in there. I could put monsters in there. I could put. But this was like I like these characters too. I like the archetypes because you know like a shape is always a shape. Um, sure. Uh, there's certain characters that like there's a million versions of that type of character. Um, there's a lot of little weird puppet guys. There's a lot of torture guys. Um, but like the logistics of it to me, I was like, I was like, I wonder like, how, do, how do they get groceries? Like, where do they, like this, like Jason doesn't just stand in the woods for three years between movies, like just quietly <laughs> standing. Yeah. And and so that was sort of interesting to me, but 
like I said, like settings and that, like the, there needs to be a story, there needs to be a character. And so sort of figuring out like the sort of Agent Hayes, like final girl becomes Batman sort of angle. And now Batman's found, you know, where all the monsters are, um, was really interesting to me. It was during the pandemic. So I was sort of really interested in what what is what is truly evil. Um, because these sort of monsters, they seem affable and domesticated, just like, you know, you or me. Someone burnt the popcorn, you know what I mean? But, <laughs> oh, no, no, they've killed thousands of people violently, like, yeah. lest you forget. But also, is the guy who shows up to violently kill all of them not kind of as bad as them? Um, yeah. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Um, and like I said, I, I, I really like it's, it. I like when stories are kind of, even if it's just each issue, but I like it when a story is just sort of one bad day. And so, like, yeah. that's a terrible day. That's a terrible two couple hours, you know? Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. And so I really like that. Uh, Where Monsters Lie was such a joy for me. I didn't sweat it. I'd actually pitched it. That was with the book I would have done after I Hate This Place. Um, or while I was doing I Hate This Place, I was like, I really want to do this. I pitched it to several publishers, and they were like, eh, we don't get it, or we don't want it. And I'm like, okay. Um, and if Dark Horse didn't take it, I was like, well, I'll just kick, I'll just draw it and kickstart myself, which I didn't want to do because right, the sure. dog jumps out of the shadows. Um, and I knew I would mess that one page up, and I would. Um, <laughs> I, so. I see. This is another another time, Joe, where we're hearing this from somebody because we had this with Mark. You brought up Mark Russell before with not all robots, like oh, yeah. no, like other people weren't interested in it, and then AWA took it, and then that one was it. One one yeah, one yeah, one yeah. So, and then this. I read this and honestly, like kind of like the um the town of Jamesport and Pine and Merrimack, where like I see that name and it's like I've never heard of this town, like a town like this. It's like Kennebunkport, right? Yeah, it's but it feels like it, it feels like a familiar name. I read yeah, yeah. where monsters lie, and I'm like, how have we not fucking had this before? Yeah, you know, it's, I'll tell you another thing that I really sort of endeavor for is when I tell a story, I want it to feel very familiar, but I don't want it, I want it to also be not that thing at all you know what i mean like mm. i think going don't you recognize these tropes don't you recognize these ideas people go oh yeah yeah and then you go but look it's dumb um or whatever my twist <laughs> is but i i think i think accessibility and familiarity are really important tools for me i think for any writer but for this there it, the advantage of using these very familiar tropes is that there's a built-in shorthand so when i sort of set up hey at some point i want Texas Chainsaw Murder to fight Jason, like people are gonna go, oh, I kind of want to see that fight, right? But it's mm -hmm. not them. It's these other characters. It's not yeah. them at all. It's different <laughs> characters, but they're close enough. Like you get the concept of like sure. this trope versus this trope is very interesting. Um, and you know, like how many how many monsters can I squeeze into a town? It's, it's the most fun I've had writing a book in probably two years. And I'm trying since I did that book. I'm honestly trying to capture. I was so loose and free. I wasn't worried about it. Everything hit the page so easily and funny to me. And then when it wasn't funny anymore, it's, it's as scary or as dangerous as it should be. Um, really a lot of fun writing that. I cannot confirm or deny if there will be more. Um, but, I, but, I, but I did mention that I can't mention it. So that maybe means something. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, but maybe it doesn't. Yeah, no, maybe it, no, it, it does. It does mean something. I just didn't announce it, so I'm not going to say anything. Uh, but that book sold out. I mean, if a book sells out, there's going to be more of it. So yeah, uh, it sold out every level, and 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 I left it open for another arc, and hopefully that happens. I don't know how to talk about things. Um, <laughs> um, I don't do my hands. Yeah, dude, where much is like one of my favorite books. I'm so glad it sold out. Um, I don't know. Huh. I think because I hate this place was doing so well. And then P I don't know why it sold out. I mean, it's a great idea, right? I do feel like 
a lot of things like, oh, why hasn't anyone thought of that before? And then when I look and I'm like, no one's thought of this. Like, it's, why is that? Like, how is that possible? <laughs> and that's why I do it. You know what I mean? So yeah. I do it. And uh, that's definitely one of them. Um, and I'm really proud of it. I like all the characters. I like everything's in there that I like all those guys. I'm sorry that I had to kill literally a bunch. Of I had to kill a bunch of them because they're monsters and it's a horror comic. But uh, there'll be yeah, plenty I mean, of monsters. There'll be plenty more monsters. There's yeah. plenty more. And you know, maybe we'll explore that one day soon. Well, one of the things I loved about it is that, you know, so you, you, you've got this village and, and it's sort of, you know, run by, by the old lady there. And I love it. She's just this no nonsense broad. And, and she sort of tells puzzle man, she's like, listen, you're slipping, bro. Like, you know, your, your, your puzzles kind of suck and they're all like dick obsessed. And, and that absolutely cracked me up. And then the other thing that you mentioned was like, you know, one of the things that was cool about it was like, you know, listen, there's rules right? We get you all the supplies you need. We do your groceries. So you weirdos don't have to go out in public and mm. don't expose us. And it made me think of this idea. I'm, I'm not a writer at all. Right. But this idea I had of like a story of like the guy or the, or, or the company that goes and builds the secret layers for superheroes and villains. Yeah. That <laughs> right? was, I mean, that was a hundred percent. I think like, I'm almost, I, I was for sure watching something saw and that guy's not building that. There's yeah. never a blueprint or a screwdriver behind him, right? right? So someone's, someone's doing gonna that, it. and <laughs> then you kill that person afterwards. Like I don't, there's something I don't know. told are, are is it just sort of a clandestine group that that does this? I mean, Wyatt in the book, Wyatt does it. Like presumably, Wyatt is like Puzzleman's going. All right, so it's it goes in your mouth and then it pops open after thirty minutes, and he's like, okay, I guess I'll need to get some <laughs> welding rods and you know some what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's like doing MythBusters for him. Like it doesn't. It's like there's all. I'm I'm I just did an interview I just did another podcast and they were talking about how it seems like for for and I don't know this but I don't read enough it has like for the big two superhero stuff there's less and less and less room for character stuff like the Avengers there's less of like when they leave it's all just fight 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 superhero stuff and he's like well how do you have time for that to me and I'm like well that's the most interesting part to me like I love when someone gets their arm caught off in the horror movie but I want to know everything leading up to that but more so it's like where was he where was like where where does freddie go during the daytime is he just like in an like it's what is that you know what i mean like yeah i want to know that and is it is it compelling i don't know but i i want to know the answer it's like i get to make the answer and like that's he's fun sipping my ties on the beach you know in like some mind beach or something or does he go where he is he in your dreams he's in your dream you know what i mean right. like, he's not in his dreams right. anyway yeah I, I hope that i wonder if that gets answered anytime soon by me <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe it does maybe uh so yeah all well, this is yeah. really interesting to me um i really like minutia i i do all like oh man they, they gave they gave me the jla book someone's burning popcorn in the break room so it's like who is it one of them is they're not perfect no one's perfect it's oh, yeah. come on he can't wait um it's the asshole putting fish in the microwave yeah, yeah or somebody's like who's eating potted meat like what are you doing like it stinks this place up and it's like it's good it's cheap you know what i mean like I, I, the, the idea like the idea that all of these things including chucky and superman are just normal people ultimately right and sometimes that's not the case because that's who their character their character is they are decidedly not normal but it's mm -hmm. like most of those guys are watching porn right i mean what kind of porn <laughs> are they watching I, there's real questions i have about their humanity because i think even if they're monsters it's like chucky 
they're they're he, he's living somewhere like are they, he's someone's paying for cable for Chucky in between those movies right? right? It's like three years. There's like three years in between them. Yeah. He's hanging out somewhere doing something. Yep. <laughs> I'm interested in what that is, and that for every for everything I'm like, what is the deal? Like, where does where do they get their missiles from in this? Like, do they got a missile guy? <laughs> I'm interested. <laughs> So good. I, know, I love like remember Lucius like Lucius Fox is I, in my history is like a relatively new character because I was little I was like like the Punisher added a guy. Do you remember when the Punisher like added a guy who was like his gun guy? He's like, microchip. Microchip would make the weird stuff for him. And I'm like I love it because like finally like, is he bulk buying this stuff? Someone knows. Mm-hmm. Like who's who makes his throwing bats? He's not. Is he it, Tuesday's Tuesday is bat day? You know what I mean? He's at <laughs> right. the sharpening them and cutting them and like but I you're love- so right about the big two like how it's just so tough to get that kind of stuff integrated in like even, yeah, even it's regular bad. it's even regular character driven stories like i've been raving about like poison ivy recently and honestly peacemaker tries her like that's what's so great about black label where it's all about the character and that's why i yeah. loved it so much poison ivy that's why that one's such a rare one because it's like it's not under black label but it's all about poison ivy and it's just i, I don't it's it sucks but it just seems everybody yeah events apparently i don't know not us as much yeah. i i think that there's some there's i i think it also depends on why you read comics and probably which comics sell it. but it's like i you sure. know i love as an x-men guy i'm old i'm 46 so like the x-men when i was you know 10 was the thing and what's like they played baseball like every seventh issue you know what i mean like they're always trying to hook up like there's this whole they had real lives along with all yep. the sort of these sort of the spectacle of like saving the world and to me, like, I think that's why I am the way I am, because I still want to see, like, like the, the human aspects. If you have someone who can crush the world with their hands, to give them a human aspect makes them so much more engaging and interesting. I, I don't, Papa, Papa Kirkman, I mean, if you look at Invincible, he does it over and over and over mm-hmm. and over, where it's like, here's your superhero thing, but it's like, this guy has trouble with his kid. You know what I mean? Like, it's it just, they're not quite syncing up. It sucks for everybody. Uh, also, he kills everybody. But like, all that <laughs> stuff, it's like, you give this one, it's just one little twist. and But it's that, it's the character aspect. And to me, that's the most interesting part. So I, the spectacle has to be there. But for me, I love, I love characters and I love being on a journey with characters. Yeah, now you're going to be thinking about Lucius Fox. It's like, okay, he works at, you know, you know, Wayne Industries or whatever. Like, someone knows what he's working on. Someone's going to be like, wait, hold on a second. It's Batman. That looks like fucking Lucius' shit. He was working on that no, last week. That's not right? that's not what it is, though. If you go to any of Lucius's, like, you go to Lucius's, like, um, his <laughs> DC is like, don't let him ever write Batman. He's, he's, <laughs> he's, what you do is you go, if you go to Lucius's office, and it's like, there's the two people right below him. It's, they go, they go, Lucius just left the office again. Like, where does he go all day? I don't know. So we do his work. We do the work for him. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, we're yeah. doing his job again. Lucius is in there making a, you know, laser eyes for Ace the Bat Hound or whatever. And they're like, they're like, I guess we'll fulfill the military needs this week, Lucius. That's, Must be that's nice the story the we need. Yeah. <laughs> no, we, we need no Lucius Fox assistance. They, you know what? Make it a pitch it as a black label thing and, so and la- have the title be like Wayne, like Wayne Enterprise related interns so that way, or yeah, assistants. It, yeah, yeah. Just, they're all they're all annoying. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's what that's the story though. That's the one with like is that's the interesting. Thing. It's like you go, how, what's the, what's the actual solution? Either everyone knows, which we kayfabe can't accept, right? Nobody can know. That's why it's fun. So you go, they're just mad at him all the time. <laughs> but but. 
they get great bonuses because Lucius is like, these guys hate me, Bruce. And he's like, I ah, will give them a good bonus this year. Yeah. They'll be fine. They'll be Jelly fine. of the Month Club, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, well, Kyle, normally when we have first-time guests on, the last question that we actually ask them is, what have you been reading lately? But I know you said you've, been, you've got the impression that you haven't been able to read as much lately. And I'd rather ask yeah. you for a basketball take uh, yeah, yeah. on your way out. Um, we found out beforehand you are a Celtics fan. You're actually the first Celtics fan to join the show, that, at least that we know of. Um, yes, of course. Well, well, Rodney's a Lakers guy and yep. Parrot's a Clippers guy. Oh, and Rodney, Rodney gets a free pass. He gets a pass on being a Lakers guy, obviously. Yeah. Well, have you watched <laughs> Winning Time? I haven't seen season two because I was boycotting HBO Max. Oh, okay. Fair enough. But, uh, yeah. but so, so well, the best thing about the ending to that is they, 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 unfortunately they, they, they didn't renew it and it ends with the Celtics yeah. beating the Lakers. <laughs> um, but so, so way to ruin it for him, Joe. Um, I, so, I knew it happened. <laughs> um, but so then, and, and then uh, Axel Alonso is a Warriors fan. Um, but I'm just curious the, whenever you get a chance to talk basketball with people, what's the first thing you're hoping somebody doesn't bring up because I know generally speaking, when somebody wants to talk to me about Kyrie stuff, it's like, I've like, I know we talked about it a little bit beforehand, but personally I'm like, I covered him for a couple of years. I don't, I, I know I get it. Like I've seen what it's like. I've heard stories about like how that aren't out there, like about how, how kind of he can be a dink. Like, so I'm like, I get it. Believe me. I know more Kyrie in my life. What's that story for? What's that player for you? Oh, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, that's a tough one. There are several players I don't like, but then people don't really talk about him. And then like, like, like whatever hate LeBron garners, I don't think is super fair. Ooh. So like, so if someone wants to talk about LeBron, like I'll talk about, I, I'll happily talk about LeBron. In fact, the guys I don't like, I'll happily talk about because sure. I just love talking basketball. I would say the thing that I've noticed happening now, which is more than you know, no one's doing it to me, is sort of the, it's sort of the even vague idea that Michael Jordan is not the greatest player of all time. Uh, I, yeah. That if anyone wanted to, I, there's there's zero. The only argument one. against to me that there's a player better than Michael Jordan is Bill Russell, who objectively Agreed. was not a better player than Michael Jordan. So it's a tough one, and I also think someone could maybe try to make an argument that I go, well, that's interesting. Where they say Wilt Chamberlain is the single greatest player of all time, maybe because statistically he'll never be matching what he did. He led the league in assists one year just to prove that he could do it. He's insane. Uh, there's a story that he fought uh, a cougar in the woods, and the next guy, he's like, "That's a true story." <laughs> so Will Chamberlain. So there's, but like, I think that's the one where I'd be like, I can't even, I can't engage with you even intellectually in this debate because you're coming from a place that doesn't make any sense to me. I love basketball. I love basketball talk. Um, there is some whenever I, I like it so much. I, I have had conversations where I, I things are said and you go, "Oh, you don't." Feel like you don't actually know anything about basketball, oh, yeah. and I hate. I don't like that. I don't like that at all. Um, but I love. I do. I love talking about basketball. Um, but I think the you know, the recency bias is a is a huge thing, and mm. like I get it. And you know, I have some hot takes that I I know I have a couple friends. That I'm sure like every time it comes up, they're like he just won't let it go, and I'm not going to say them here, okay? Um, because one of them is not one of them is not popular. Um, but <laughs> well, I, well, I need to know now. Yeah. <laughs> It's very tough for me to say it in a way that doesn't make me sound like a moron. Okay. Um, but I think I think here's the take. Kobe Bryant's sort of overrated for being at one point the best player in the world. But he's more he's people like to put him in the top 5 and it's just not real. Um for a lot of different reasons. 
Paul Gasol had a better win rate than he did on teams that won. Like that says something. Um, uh. And he was great. He was great. But also it's a weird, bad era of basketball. You have to factor that in. Anyway, who cares? Kobe's great. I really came around on um, the greatness of Kobe is more than what he did on the court, which mm-hmm. I think is 100% true. Um, mm-hmm. But like there's certain things, and I don't want to get into this because I'm, I'm saying I said before, I preface this, it's a hot take. I could be wrong. I'll say that. But there's a lot of like, I mean, he he was on a bunch of all defense teams. Like he he wasn't a better defender than Doug Christie. That's I'm saying that factually. Um, Doug Christie would shut people down. Kobe would shut people down when he really really wanted to. That's two different things, man. Um, so there's certain things where, I, and I say this, and to me, this summarizes in my head, and I think it sounds like it kind of is a backhanded compliment, but I think it's true. For for several years, he was the best player in the world and still overrated. And what I'm saying is that he was objectively great. But people think he was better than he was. They treat him better than he was. But I'm coming around like in that there's there's a lot of intangibles that make that difference up, and I I think that's true. So where I used to be like I don't think he's I don't think he's a top 15 player. I do think he's a top 15 player now. Okay. I really came around on it. Um, but he's not top 10. It's just, that's an insane argument. Frankly, it's an insane <laughs> argument. Um, uh, and people are like, oh, he's the guy who doesn't know anything about basketball. <laughs> but, <laughs> Uh, it was a weird era of basketball, and I think that has to that all that factors in. You have to factor in your era, and and even with recency bias, like I like I think the nineties, the nineties, the late eighties, eighty five to ninety five, I think that's the best era of basketball that's ever existed. I think it was oh. the most competitive. Some people are like ah, eh, some of those guys probably should have been the teams. Like that's true, um, but I think in terms of how hard defenses were and how many Hall of Famer, every team had one Hall of Famer on it, like a legit Hall of Famer on it. And that's not true today. That certainly wasn't true in 2005 because no. there was maybe four Hall of Famers in 2005. And that's the truth. I say that. That's some exaggeration. But there's five guys that you go, these guys are goats. And almost every, like the 90s has 15 of those guys. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so that's a that's to be factors. And even like my beloved Knicks, like there's guys that no one will ever love who were great players. Anthony Mason was great. was a great player. Oakley John was great Starks. at what he did. I love John Starks. John Starks is why I got into basketball because it's the first oh, wow. time I saw my name. Um, it's the first time I saw my name <laughs> anywhere, and uh, I fell in love with that team. And I'm not saying they're a great team; they ne- they were good, very good team. But it's like I, I the, just the density of like the '94 Knicks. I don't think it exists today. It certainly didn't exist in 2005 when Kobe was the best player in the world, right? And it's like all those things, all those things matter. Now, do they diminish it? Not really, because Kobe would be Kobe would be Kobe in any era, and that's to me sort of the defining of how great they are is would he have been him in every one? That being said, so I got the thing with LeBron, like if LeBron and Kobe also have played four years longer than every player before them because they came out of high school, that's four years of playoffs. That's four years of opportunities. That's four years of scoring. Kobe didn't come out scoring much, but that matters too because people look at stats. It's like we were talking about Kyrie before, is that him and KD, their stats are always great. Every game they're shooting 50, they're getting 20. Stats look great, but what did they do? But what you did on the floor matters more than those numbers. And that's tough to sort of wrap your head around if you're a casual fan. Um, Carmel Anthony scored a lot of and points. And when you got those numbers, too, you can, you can when, pad your how, stats in games that are meaningless, right? And yeah, then when the games you're, matter. If you're, taking, if you're taking bad shots while someone's open to, and you're, it's a close game, you know what I mean? All those things matter. Um, I fucking love basketball. I love talking about it. I can't think of a lot of times where I was like, mm, I don't want to talk about this because there's also like the – Excuse me. The press, the cycle of, of stuff for the NBA is pretty quick. Oh, phew. there's a few things that stick where you go. Have we been talking about this for six months? Um, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, in like oh yeah, man. No, I, I do know. Yeah. 
but Kyrie was for a long time, and I do dislike him intensely because he was maybe the worst. Him and Jeff Teague were probably the two worst Celtics players to have to sit through for like the last like Jeff five Teague, years. Wow. Yeah, yeah, Teague, that's a pull. He did um, not want to be there. <laughs> he did so not like I'm, it there. <laughs> I'm curious oh. then if so if you because the era from that era, the guy who I always feel like gets the weirdest takes is Tim Duncan. I did not like. I know Kobe can be polarizing, but like Tim Duncan's top ten. I don't. Player. I don't. Okay, so I don't get the heat that Timmy gets. Like Dude, he, I don't. I don't either. And, and there's sort of the modern argument. There's it's an interesting modern argument. Uh, first of all, here's the problem that when I, I'm a because I I I fell in love with NBA through a defensive minded, very blue collar team, which was the mm-hmm. New York Knicks. Watching a team dominate defensively is thrilling to me <laughs> but it's boring to your casual viewer 100%. and so they didn't they didn't ever like the spurs to watch them even though i would argue that manu ginobili is one of the most exciting players that ever played the game he was he was doing something sort of incredible every game he slapped a bat out of the air once during a game like that's pretty cool um <laughs> and but there's the sort of the sort of modern argument against Tim duncan is that his teams were they were so good not i mean I don't think Tony Parker would have been as good as Tony Parker was, which I don't know how good that was sincerely if he was on a different team. And after those two guys, you're talking about Bruce Bowen. Like Bruce Bowen couldn't make it. It's not good teams. It's really well coached teams, and they were all very technically sound. But they were and big shot Bob. And, yeah, yeah, oh, Robert Horry. Listen, Robert Horry was on five teams where he was great. You know what yeah. I mean? Where he's yeah. to be. I don't. To me, he's always going to be a, a rocket, right? But probably he's more of a Laker than a Spur, right? Don't you think? I, I'm, like I'm a little bit younger than you, so I think of him as a as a Laker first. Yeah, I think like so. I think because of that Rocket team. Here's what I always remember of Robert Horry. Again, I can talk about basketball at length. Is um, early on, like a few years into his career, Hakeem Olajuwon said he was the best player he's ever seen. And that's always stuck with me. And through his career, every time he did that shit, every time he got 10 rebounds playing 15 minutes, you go, oh, yeah, he's him, Ron Harper. Um, I'm going to blink on There's certain guys, a Tony Kukoc are way good. And they go, listen, I'm not going to be Hakeem. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Vernon, Vernon's going crazy. I can't remember who their point guard was. I don't know why I'm blanking on. Oh, Kenny Anderson and Vernon back. These guys are doing their thing. Like I don't have to. I can just do. I can just do what needs to be done. And he, him and Ron Harper. Ron Harper for the Bulls. I mean, he was an All Star before he went to the Bulls. You can whenever you see guys go. Listen, I'm just going to do my thing. Um, Andre Ugudala for the Warriors is a pretty good example of that. Those are great, smart players. That those are the guys you want. So, but I think the sort of modern knock is like, oh, the Spurs team was so loaded. It's like not really. They yeah. were just really well coached, and they were all smart players. But no mm. one liked to watch them. So they each the man. I said for years, I'm like, Carl Malone is your is exactly the power forward you want. Tim Duncan is him with better defense. Like he's the blueprint for what you want for a power forward. And also, like I said, would he dominate in any era? Tim Duncan would dominate in the era. Yeah. In any era, he would be great. Would people be like, look how much fun he is to watch? I don't know. Who cares? Like who gives us who cares? <laughs> it's annoying because great. it's like they don't people want to like count wins. They don't want to count wins like in terms of titles and stuff like that. It's like, how can you not give it to Tim? And I'm looking because you, you mentioned 2005. I pull up the all-star list and look. Kevin, Kevin I think Garnett arbitrarily. Oh, well, I but, right, but like Kevin Garnett is on that All Star team with Tim Duncan. Obviously beloved here. You're not going to hear me talk smack about Kevin Garnett, but it's like Tim Duncan. I know it was a well coached team, but he ended up winning more. Like I yeah. like it's got to count for something. That Spurs team won 50 games in three different decades. Sorry, yeah. that's that's no one else. Has, no one else has done that. Sorry, 
and that's part, that's because of Tim Duncan. Manu was, I think Manu was, I think if Manu played on a different team, we would have been like, that dude's great. Would he have been a Hall of Famer? I don't think so. I don't know. I don't know. I he is a he Hall was Famer. good enough. He was good enough that we would talk about him. If Tony Parker went to the Clippers, I, we would, he sure, wouldn't exist. We wouldn't talk about that. I agree and I think with that that's one. Yeah. Almost every guy. They also, whomever was their like Croatian center who came off the bench, eventually went to another team and was really good. Like it was, they had like a cycle of, of just, just a great rotation of bench guys and um and now they've got Wemby. player. Wemby's really interesting. Yeah, um, it's an interesting time. This this year is a really interesting year of basketball. There's a lot of players who I go, I I can't wait to see what this player does. I hope this player is healthy for finally. Um, I would love to see a full year of Lamelo. I think he's a really fun player to watch. Mm. That's a bad team. Yeah, and that's another thing where you think like if like Barkley has gone on to be Barkley, right? But if he wasn't in people's minds, no one would talk about him based on his career. You wouldn't go look at this amazing career. He played in one finals, right? Mm-hmm. But he was a great player. Like He was a great player. And there's a lot of guys like that where time passes and you just go, well, I never saw, I'm going to say Anthony Mason again. He's not my example for this, but Anthony Mason was a point, like a 300 pound point forward who played 48 minutes a game um, when he went to Charlotte. But like, that's a, like he played great defense. He could pass. He, he couldn't really shoot, but he was fun. But like you, those guys disappear. They're going to disappear from time, and so recency bias. Matters. And then you, then people start like getting into the, the stats. I, I heard, in fact, I read, I read, I saw an article where they're like, oh, the modern modern fans think Kobe is wildly overrated because of his efficiency because he was so inefficient. And it's like, it's the that was the it was all ISO ball it, where he's getting yeah. triple yeah. teamed. Like of course he couldn't That's shoot. Fun. So there's stuff like that that matters. But there's also stuff you know like I'm going. to so like I mean like right now Gil Arenas is really getting like um oh, Gil God. Arena, because he has a really popular podcast right yep people are starting like like oh he scored thirty points per game and li- listen he did he scored a lot he also shot forty one percent for his career and that's not because he was getting triple teams like he just wasn't a very good shooter but history like perception changes history changes yeah. um, I I think I think LeBron is one if he never went to L A he would still be the most beloved player in the league, I think. I think people would still love him or love him as much as they could for the people who are mad that he went to Miami in the first place. Mm-hmm. I think – I just think – I think he is inarguably one of the greatest players who ever played. I don't know where he's at. I think you can make – because of what he succeeded in, you can make a really strong argument for him. If you watched him play, like LeBron would have been one of the two best players in any era he played in. I think that's true. Um I think that's really true. Though I also think Dwayne Wade taught him how to win. So there's maybe oh, yeah. there's never Dwayne Wade. Would he be LeBron? I don't know. Um, but I think there's some hate on him. But he kind of screwed himself in L.A. To be fair, <laughs> he he built a prison for himself to fail in. But oh, because well, uh, he's he, got the most overrated superstar in the league, and Anthony Davis. I've been I I've been saying it for a little while now. He's, he's, An- he's pretty Anthony's cool. pretty high on the list. I, I don't think he's higher than some of the guys. I don't think he's higher than Kyrie. Or, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's, that's there's certain guys that I don't think are additive in any way, and I do think. AD is a guy who I'd love to see healthy for a year. You know what I mean? I'd love to see him he's actually. He's so soft. I can't I think he's take a little, him. I think he's a little soft. But here's the thing also in defense of AD. He's never had to be the guy. He's never had to be the guy. And so you go, what if he had to be the guy? Even when in New Orleans, um, Rondo was the guy. You know what I mean? Like Ugh. Rondo was the guys those years that they were good in New or was in, in New Orleans. Yeah, like Rondo was is Rondo, and um, they had a really good two guard. I'm blanking on 
I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm still reeling from the fact that I forgot Manu Ginobili's in the fucking Hall of Fame, so I can't. My, he should be. Well, just right now. He is. No, he is. I was wrong before. I was wrong. He's, he's fucking great. And Tony Parker, I don't know if he is, but he will be, and he deserves to be. I, like, if you were gonna line everyone up in terms of would Tony Parker be at, at the top? No, no. Um, but he deserves he it for what he did. Um, How about this? Who do you think was an All Star more? I, I'm, I'm asking, so it's probably showing my hand. But Tony Parker was a six time All Star. Manu was only two times. Manu Manu quit starting so they could play they could have him come off the bench and he was older than Tony. He came over in his career. Right. Um, How many times did he was six man of the year? Once. Uh, that's it. Okay, I was gonna say twice, but I can't um, believe six, one time that's it. It's because they were winning ties. There's a whole thing. I mean, listen, so yeah. this is a whole other argument. How many times should Shaq be MVP? Uh yes, no, yeah. We we eight, we're very familiar times. with that in eight, Tom Brady. Eight country. times he should be MVP. How many times should Kobe? Kobe's what two times? Yeah. Am I wrong? I think it's two. Like I say, I think he's probably a five-time MVP. How many times before Steph Curry won his first MVP should it have only been LeBron or KD every single mm-hmm. year? Mm-hmm. Every single year. Like, listen, I liked that Derrick Rose year a lot too. Everybody, I, you know what I mean. But like, hey. he hey. should have got it though. He should have. He should have got it that year. You know, they're just the facts. Like, it's just the facts. He should have got oh. it. So the league does those. The thing is, like, yeah, it's weird. because the problem with recency bias is so many times you go, well, how many MVPs did he have, and what was his numbers? It's like, yeah, that's interesting, but you also understand, like, uh, Harden's MVP, Russ's MVP should have probably been Steph Curry, right? Like, or LeBron, or KD. It should have been one of those three guys. They just don't want to give it to him again. They just they don't want to. And here's the thing, Jokic is fucking this up. Uh, he is blowing <laughs> their intention because right now, this year. There's no one else you can give it to. Yeah, that's four. That's four MVPs. He should have had it last year. We all agree they only gave it to Joe L because they didn't want to give it to Joker well, again. Well, I will say that I did say Embiid was going to win it at the beginning of the year. Sorry. Yeah, he's talking about soft. I, I, no, soft. Because, oh, well, yeah, yeah. No, here's the here's the real problem with that. The argument for why not Joker, which is why Embiid 100%. won. Mm-hmm. The argument against Joker was he hasn't made it past the second round. And then Joe L, did he make it past the second round <laughs> last season? I don't think he did. Nope. And Joker wins it. Yep. <laughs> so that was the year Joker should have gotten it's, it for it was sure, so, right? It was so bad. Yeah. And it, yeah, yep. it, it, all it's that like stuff. only three guys that have won it three times in a row. All that stuff. It, yeah. It's all crazy. that stuff is, yeah. So all those, all those, like all those sort of accolades kind of matter and don't matter. And all like, they're kind of tiebreakers. Like he goes, is James Harden one of the best players of the last 10 years? Like, well, he has an MVP and he has what? Three scoring titles. Okay. But is he? I don't, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't no. think so. I, the the way that no one wants to play with him, the way that you know what I mean, like no one fits with him, even though he's played with some pretty good. There's all these variables, and um, they, so so time matters, right? So like I was saying, like recency buyers matters. Well, now you people will go. I don't know. Maybe Michael Jordan. What he only he only won six. He only played like what ten years or whatever. It's like yeah. how many how many years he won? He won every one he was in. What do you want from him? Um, exactly. I, also, also I saw him and I hated him and refused to be like this is the best player in the league. Because I hated him so much, but like by two seasons of that, you go, no one's even close to this guy. He's yeah. on a completely different level, and um, I think LeBron was like that for a a, a good portion. Um, Iso Ball, Kobe probably was too, but Iso Ball ruins that because he's doing the same thing mm. Allen Iverson's doing. You know what I mean? There's, it's everyone like here's the two guard. Here we go. It's Iso Ball, and yeah, Kobe is great. There's intangibles. I, I think I think time has favored him. Um, mm-hmm. in my perception, in my perception. Because there's a thing like I can talk forever, guy. I'm not kidding. Well, no, okay. they're like, who's your killer? How many killers are in the league? And you know, it's never as many as it used to be. Because I would have said again, from 85 to 2000, every, 
there was a bunch of guys who you go, that guy will die to win this game. And before that, in 85 to 90, every team had three guys that would fight you to win a game. And right. they're making like $50 to play this game. And so <laughs> but the thing is, like, Allen Iverson for that era, if you like, we have to win this game, Allen's like, I'll fucking do it. Kobe for sure. And they'll go, I want to win it. I'm going to win it. I think Melo every now and then would be like, today's the day I want to prove that. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> the guys who have that, Kevin Garnett, who I think who I think is a little over. I love Kevin Garnett. He's a little overrated from history because um, he, he would pass out of winning scoring bucket. He'd pass out of stuff. He's just a weird. He's a great, 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 great player. But he had little things that were weird for the hmm. game to win the game on the offensive end, which like, what does that matter? He's playing so hard defensively. Sure. Um, uh, I got so distracted, but the, <laughs> but, but the killers thing is like, even right now in the league, in the NBA, Steph is one of those guys. No question. Right. Um, Dame, we need, need Tatum to become one of those guys. And Tatum, like, this is a great, like the press loves Tatum. He's not that guy. No, he needs he, it. He They're not going to win it. Year. Really gets it. No, and they Jalen's. I thought Jalen was going to be that guy, and he's not. There's Jalen can't dribble. <laughs> it doesn't listen. Put a lot of guys, on his hands before games. Listen, Harden only goes one direction. Famously, I don't think that's a big of a deal because he'll. Great players get better, and again, Ooh, I'll say this: yeah, well. it's true of Kobe and LeBron. Everything you said negative about them, they got rid of. Kobe was shooting air balls; he quit shooting air balls. LeBron couldn't shoot free throws; he started hitting free throws. LeBron can't play defense; became one of the best. But those guys, you can see it, and Tatum for sure. Gets better every year. That's um, true. And he wants to be that Mamba mentality, air quotes. And it's like, you want that, but he's not, a, he, there's, there's always going to be some old guy in me. He's like, there's something like these kids that are kind of soft, but I think it's kind of been true. There's just not enough guys that go, I will die for this. Uh, I'm forgetting to, like, Joker's great. And Joker clearly wants to win, but I think he also doesn't care, like, that much you know what i mean oh he wants to go home to his goats oh yeah he He wants to go play with his horses you know what i mean but i think he also i think i think he very much wants he knows how good he is and he wants the recognition for it and i think that's his that's his uh motivation more than i must i'm forgetting like two guys but it's like that's what you want and in certain periods like there's a bunch of those guys there's more of those guys and it gets less and lesser kobe 100 was one of those guys um to the nth you know what i mean yeah oh yeah in terms of your lining up everyone in history, you go, who wanted it the most? Michael wanted it the most. And then probably Kobe. Yep. Then probably Bill Russell. Maybe Bill Russell, because he seemed to love it. Like he loved it. He, was, he, he loved he was, having those things. You know I mean? I'm not a big Jimmy Butler guy, but if you could take his I like love, he's a killer. mentality yeah. and, and put that in Jimmy, if you could put that in Tatum's no, like Jimmy, body with Tatum. Jimmy should have been should have been third place MVP for like the last three years. Doing almost nothing because he 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 plays to win. That team I plays to win. Jimmy, Jimmy for sure is one of the guys I was forgetting because he doesn't. He's maybe the most underrecognized guy in the league in terms of how much. Oh, he Joe, brings. strap in, Joe. Joe doesn't. Joe's <laughs> not a big Jimmy guy. I love Jimmy Butler. He he can't stand. How well, much so I've I've come around because what the thing with Butler is he's got that mentality. He's got that that killer instinct. And like I said, if you if you took that and you put that in Tatum's like physical. Oh skill no, for set, sure. Right, the Celtics. So they, they would have won the last several titles, right? But the thing with with that drives me nuts about Butler is like he just won't try until like the end. I don't think that's true. I don't think that's true. I At least that, that's how. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, that's just like uh, here's here's the thing. Here's the thing with Jimmy. Here, here and I, I'm saying this. I, I think I'm saying this from a place of knowledge and fact. Jimmy understands how important the team is, and so if he if he doesn't have to do it, he won't do it. If he can't do it, he won't do it. But if it has to be done, um, you know who you know who 
you know who I I think this is Jimmy, here's the thing. Jimmy's not one of the ten most gifted players in the league. And so he Agreed. is literally willing these things to happen. And he's smart. But yeah. he also is like he recognizes a hot hand, but y- you will see when it ha- especially in the playoffs. That's why they talk about playoff, Jimmy. It's all year, my guy. It's all year. If they're down, he'll be like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try for it. Sometimes it just doesn't work. And I yeah. love that because I love an underdog. I love someone who's trying. And because of this, so John Starks is my favorite player of all time. I just because he's why I fell in love with basketball. But I say, I say factually, Marcus Smart's my second favorite player of all time. And he also, he also, if the if Tatum, if all those guys were just not doing it and not trying hard enough, he'd be like, it's fucking Marcus time. And here's the thing, not very good. <laughs> but, but to see, to see, to see someone go. You fucking idiots aren't doing what you're supposed to be doing. I guess I'm going to have to do it. I love that. I love that someone is is like you have all the talent in the world and you're just shuffling your feet and complaining at the ref. I guess I'm going to start throwing threes up. You know what I mean? And here's the thing with Marcus. Every third game, he started hitting them. Yeah. Every third game, every third game he had to do that, he'd have 36 points and you'd be like, my man. The, the heat check threes are my but, favorite. It's oh, jeez. Yeah. I love it. But, but he – then again, this is because I cut. I love the everything you can. If, if you if you have enough self awareness, you can be like, I like this because of this. I like this because of this. I love defense because of the Knicks guy, Marcus Smart never took a playoff. He defensively, he never took a playoff. And to me, that's greatness. Like to me, now is he a great player all time? Probably not. But see, to I me, love. That's I what love I want to watch. Well, well, see, I love Marcus, <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> I knew he had to go once he started calling out his coach. You know, in in the in the playoffs this year. Who I and. Knew. What Imi? He was calling out, right? Wasn't he calling no. out Imi? No, 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 no Missoula. No. Tweaker, Missoula. Yeah. Yeah. Tell, listen, first of all, he wasn't supposed to go. That's a f- truth. Brogdon was supposed to go, and they wanted to make that move to get Porky so bad. But the thing is, here's what I think hurt him. If and I think again, I think because I watched every single game, is that even so, preseason last year, Tatum made some comment about how he went. He he, he was or believed he was, like, one of the top five players in the league. And me and my wife were like, you psychopath. And then he was one of the five best players in the league, like, legitimately. Mm-hmm. Statistically. We'll say statistically. Mm-hmm. And Jalen, 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 we call Jalen daddy in my house because he was always the one you could rely on. Jay, Tatum would get hot. Jalen's consistent. Jalen will play defense every game. And if you really need 15, he's giving you 17, right? Um, those guys were getting better every year. And Marcus was still yelling at them. And Marcus was correct. Marcus was correct to tell them what to do and to sort of be captain on that team. And I don't think they – I think they just lost it. It's the same reason Brad Stevens left. It's because he's saying this is what we should be doing. And they're like, uh, you know what I mean? They're like, we're 22 – we're 23 years old. Like, we're just going to play basketball. And yeah. I think because of that, they were like, can we sacrifice Marcus, who is probably the most beloved Celtic player, I would think, of the last five years, I, I would be Tatum is popular. Well, no one mixed bag knock, up here. Yeah, no. So? We, oh we no, it is. Never, I mean, it's, yeah, it we will never right. knock his hustle, right? And yeah. and he, he, you are a hundred percent absolutely correct. Like he would, he he, all intents and purposes would would lay it all out in the court, and he and he yeah, would literally lay it on the court. Uh, but I think it became, you know, at least you know from 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 you know from us up here, from our, you know, we look at him and be like. We we don't oh, nice. want Marcus Smart yeah, <laughs> taking the last shot of games, right? 
And he would be, he would get infuriating in that way. And then like when I was talking about like in, in the playoffs, you know, calling out the coach, like you can't, I understand like you got to call, you know, you, you call your teammates out. You That's the kind of stuff maybe you do behind closed doors. When you, when you go on national TV and say, my co- our coach doesn't know what he's doing. We got to take the reins here. This is, this is us. Like for me, that's, that's what I said. I, I can't, I, I've had enough with Marcus. It's time to go, right? We you, gotta, you'd we rather gotta... have you'd rather have Missoula than Marcus Smart. Well, no, I wouldn't. <laughs> here, I say but, this too, and I, I don't want it to be the Marcus Smart podcast. But if you think the year before when Imi was there, do you remember we were one Celtics were once again just the team they were get a big lead, blow it in the fourth, just a dumb fucking kid team. And Marcus said these he he basically said these two idiots don't know how to pass the ball, right? Mm-hmm. Do you remember this? He's mm-hmm. like, he's like, these guys don't, they don't know. How, it's not even like they yes. don't pass it. He's like, yes. they don't know how. And then they had a closed door meeting and then they went on a 30 game winning streak. <laughs> what mm-hmm. do you think they were talking about in that meeting? Yeah, so they, I mean, ball. there's two, there's two lines of thoughts for why the Celtics went from being third or fourth in the East to being what they are now, which is the third or fourth team in the East that's in the first or whatever, to my opinion, mm-hmm. is because either during that period, Imi really figured out how to talk to these guys or because they sat down and they're like, he's right. That, and I believe that, where you go, we got to pass the ball. Because you know what they started doing? Passing the fucking ball. They were so infuriating to watch Tatum shoot, to watch Brown and Tatum shoot threes. Point, when yeah. they were they were literally Dwayne Wade. They can get to the goal and get a foul every single play. And they're shooting yes. threes. And and they're not passing it. And that's what Mark is like. They're not playing. Can you, like, imagine, I'll tell you another guy who's very similar to this. And, like, if only they had one, if, if Marcus had, like, 13% more talent. <laughs> <laughs> if, if if Peyton Pritchard was six five, I think he could be an all star in this league. He's so good. He's just small. Like he's so small. He's very like, small. He's his, he's always in the right place. He's just like Mark. He's always in the right place. He's always making the right move. If you get him rhythm, he's so good. Um. So you and then you watch these two guys who have the green light, all the talent in the world, and it's like they're shooting threes. They can't even. They're not even good three point shooters. Tell they're you, not I could have used, used Peyton Pritchard hit two threes the other night. I'll tell you that mm-hmm. much. The Celtics guys, everyone's like, they're like, oh, they're so good. I'm like, I love them, and I, they are good, but they're not as good as people think they are. That's it's the media buy. Like, but I think this year, dude, Jay Jay Rue and Derek White is a gross backcourt. That's the kind of guys I want to watch. I yep, want to watch guys 100%. who always play hard, who always make the right decisions. Are they going to do a cool dunk? No, probably not. Are hmm. they going to do like a step back? No, they just go to work, and they're so good at it. And if, if this team, this Celtics team, it's the Celtics podcast, it, it is the first <laughs> team where the bench is so thin that after a certain player, you can see how much better everyone else is. And basically, anyone after Corny looks like they shouldn't be in the league when they go out there with these other with the other guys on the like team. Panton? <laughs> Queta. Like they yeah. just look and they are young. Like they don't I think they're but it's just like it used to be that was that was Peyton or that was Simi Ojale, who was a, a nice smart player, or Grant, who I didn't like. That's neither here nor there. But they were so deep, oh, and now it's like we're so thin. Like once Cor- and Corny's like Corny, like we I love Corny, but like he's not like a great player. But who, right after him, it's like you can see like, and that team's so good. Like we watch everyone. I, I turned on, um, uh, who did I watch? Detroit play someone, and I kind of like Detroit. They got a bunch of interesting young kids. But you're like, man, these guys can't play basketball because <laughs> those first six are so good that we have. I mean, they're so good. They're, it's a bunch of pro it's basketball players. Yeah. So I think there's a chance. And, and the thing is, like, is Tatum going to be the man? Like, is Tatum Kobe? No. But Detroit didn't have a Kobe. 
when they won with Ben Wallace, you just sometimes Drew Holiday. Right no, Drew Holiday is the reason why. Like I, I, Chris Porzingis was a nice ad, a, gr- a great ad. No, no, Jay was huge. But I'm, I'm gonna tell you right now, Derek White is so yes. underappreciated. Mm-hmm. He does Agreed. nothing oh. but excellence. I, um, he, you know, honestly, he's he's Marcus Smart with 13 percent more talent. I, was, I didn't want to <laughs> you know say what I'm that. Like, he's he's why Marcus Smart kind of became expendable in for sure. Ways. Yeah, 100 percent, 100 percent. He's, I mean, in in terms of your team, he's a he, he shuts up. You know what I mean? He's not out there yelling oh, at your guys. Yeah. Tell him how dumb they <laughs> I want a guy who's yelling at you. Who's who, like in Memphis the other day? Marcus is like, people paid to see us. He's like, you guys got to try harder. That's what I want. That's what I, that's the guy I want to watch. That's why I like um, Dylan Brooks too, because he likes to get you know, he's, 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 a, he's a villain. Here's the thing about Dylan Brooks. He's not wrong. <laughs> he's not very good. The problem is, is like he's like <laughs> not very good. But then what did he do? He went and won the world championship almost by himself. He was like, what are you gonna? You got to give him his due, right? You got to mm-hmm. give him his due. Oh yeah, I just like he, I like anybody. Mouthless. I I know your whole stance on LeBron, but I like anybody who's like not afraid of LeBron in any capacity. I, no, no, there's no reason to to sort of be like that. But I think you, it's sort of like a respect your elder, sort of old man thing. Um, but the yeah. you know, the thing is that that whole Memphis team was talking so much. Everyone was talking trash, probably except for Steve Adams, because why does he need to say anything? Um, <laughs> but you know, Jaron Jackson, probably probably Bain. Bain seems like a real a real mature guy. Yep. famously that team everyone was talking trash and dylan was just the loudest and that somehow spun back on him but that's just too bad i, I think it'll be interesting to see him in a new team it'll be interesting to see Imi, who's a trash human being who can eat shit it'll be interesting to see if he's as good as a coach as he was that year but it was brad's system there's all these variables in basketball that are so interesting to me that i'm always like yes Dylan was a good defender. Now he's going to have more. Is he, what's going to happen? I can't wait to mm-hmm. find out. Is he going to keep running his mouth? He hasn't been, right? He said that he said he didn't regret his comments to LeBron and like like supposedly that's nothing. That's there. nothing. This is but true. Like so, like people people when you change teams, you change, and, and oh yeah, uh, I, it's fascinating. Like that's just, all that stuff's as fascinating to me than who's scoring buckets and who's winning. Um, and I can talk at least you know Russell Westbrook is a great example of this. Mm. Hated him in Houston. OKC was fun. We like OKC was just a bunch of young kids having fun, but didn't like him. Didn't like because he's kind of like a slightly better Baron Davis. You know what I mean? Like he's fun to watch, but how good is he? But then he got booted from from the golden seat to Washington, and he <laughs> became one of the best players to watch in the league. Like that dude was trying so hard to win. Every I love game. watching Russell Westbrook play. It's he's just, it's not great. He's not great for winning a title, but he's like. Win in games like in the regular season, and I think in the right situation, in the right situation, because in in maybe in not Washington, anymore, maybe I don't think. No, I think I still think. And wow. the thing is, like, he went to the worst place. He keeps going to the he keeps going to the worst place in Washington. He he could see Bradley Beal making good shots, and he quit taking those wildly bad shots. He took every place else, and it's like that's fascinating to me. Is that you know, like James Harden when he left Jersey, we're like, oh, he's kind of okay for like a year. He kind of he kept his mouth shut. You know what I mean? He kept his mouth shut and just kind of played the best he could. Like we like James Harden fine for a year, and then he fucking ruined that. But <laughs> watching players move around and sort of seeing like the pack mentality for teams to change, I think is always really fascinating. And like I said, there's a bunch of guys that are really good that are on really bad teams, so that, you know they'll never get their due, which is unfortunate. Um, yeah, yeah. Even basketball, I love it. Yeah. So <laughs> I have a plan for what we're going to do with this. Um, but for those who, uh, f- just a reminder that we started this all off, make sure <laughs> you go and pick up 
Pine and Merrimack. And make sure you're looking for everything else from Kyle on the shelves, anything that's out in trade form right now. Uh, Peacemaker tries hard. I keep seeing that the hardcover is coming out in February. I have no idea. Is it a hardcover? Okay. I'd be stoked if it's a hardcover. That's what no it idea. says on League of Comic Geeks. And that's kind of where awesome. Joe and I go by until we hear from, you know, from publishers. But either way, yeah. Kyle, thank you so much. Yeah, you've got a lot me. more in the hopper and can't wait to hear more about it online. Yeah. Awesome, guys. Thanks so much. Thanks for letting me talk about basketball for an hour. I can't, I can't wait to uh, read the Marcus Smart comic. Like Nick's just like, I'm out. All right, we're yeah. done.